Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All right, it's that time of the week where we go to the hotline and we bring in our professional handicapper from ncsports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at ChrisV160. He's Chris Van Dyne. Chris, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm great. It's uh, going to be another exciting week for college football. you got the NFL going on this weekend. We've got our NFL game of the month on North Coast Sports. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, and uh, we're getting into November. This thing is winding down. Yeah, it's flying through, Chris, and I was talking to JT about it. I was looking at, uh, you know, the college games this week, and I'm sitting there going, man, it's not a, there aren't a lot of good games. Like, I mean, you had the, the big one last week, Tennessee and Georgia, and my condolences to you as a Volunteers fan uh, on that one. Uh, didn't go the way you wanted it, but uh, is Alabama, Mississippi State, is that the big game, or is it TCU and Texas? What, what's the big game college-wise this week? Um, it, yeah, there's not really the one that stands out. I think TCU-Texas is a very interesting game from the standpoint of you have an undefeated team ranked number four in the country in the playoff poll, and you're a seven-point dog to a team with three losses. It's actually the first time that's happened uh, since at least before 1976 that we have records on. So it, it, it's, uh, it, it is the most interesting matchup. Bama playing Ole Miss this week. See if Bama gets that third loss. That seems so unlikely. But Ole Miss is a scrappy team, and you know they can really run the ball. Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins uh, are a phenomenal one-two punch running the ball. Bama's look susceptible on defense, but they have covered five straight off a loss in the last few years. So when they do lose, they usually bounce back. They did it earlier this year against Mississippi State. Uh, so th- those two games, I think, are interesting. There's a lot of under-the-radar games, but uh, then there's also some really bad matchups this week. There's bad matchups, and then one of the reasons is I don't think there's as much compatibility in college football as we see maybe at the NFL level. And I was talking about it at the gym today. This is amazing because I wanted to ask you this question, Chris. When we do comparisons in in the heart of the Big Ten country, ever since they've started doing this playoff, we've aspired to be an SEC team. We need more speed. We want to play better defense. We want a powerful offense. We want to win it all. So my question is this. When you compare the SEC to the Big Ten, I think the SEC top to bottom or at least top seven teams are better than the Big Ten because think about it. Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss, Bama, Kentucky, Mississippi State versus OSU, Michigan, and maybe take your pick, Illinois, Maryland, Penn State. Yeah, I I think that the top of the SEC, uh, you know, those top seven teams definitely have an edge on on the on the top seven in the the Big Ten. I also think that you know when you look at uh, the pedigree of, of programs that are capable of winning a national championship um, just in the last 25, 30 years, since we've seen the BCS era start, you really only have one that has actually won it in the big 10, that being Ohio state and a couple others that have made a playoff or contended a couple times like Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state. Uh, aside from that, the rest of the conference really 
uh, they're not ever true national title contenders. They might have a nice team here and there. They might win nine or ten games. But, you know, your Wisconsin's, even in their best year, they don't make the playoffs or they don't really contend for a national title. Um, the SEC, we've seen Florida win it. We've seen Georgia win it. We've seen uh, Alabama win it. We've seen Auburn and LSU both win it. Um, you know, Texas A&M's had a top-five team in the last few years. Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin has has been a contender at times. So you have a lot more teams. Uh, and even Tennessee, you know, goes. you have to go all the way back to 98, but they did win a national championship at the big, very beginning of the BCS era. There's really there's a lot more programs that are capable of winning a national title in the SEC to have that kind of pedigree versus the Big Ten. I really think you have two and then a host of programs in the middle traditionally that, that uh, can't quite get over that hump. All right, let's go back to that Texas game that you talked about earlier. And like you said, TCU – voted by the College Football Playoff Committee as the number four team in the country, undefeated, and yet they're a touchdown dog. Uh, do you think that number's accurate? Uh, is TCU, uh, is this their opportunity with a chip on their shoulder to prove they belong in the top four? Or do you think Texas, with Quinn Ewers, former Buckeye, right, uh, at the helm, do you think they are a better team than TCU? Well, first let me say that if TCU were to run the table, I think they would belong in the playoff because regardless of how you win games, 13-0 I think should put you in the mix and, and give you a chance to play for the national title. Otherwise, to me, what's the point of, of even playing the game? So if you can go undefeated and not quite win it. Um, as for whether they're the better team than Texas, I think Texas is the better team, and we actually thought this line would come out at seven based on the Vegas power ratings. It's tough for me to want to play Texas laying seven against TCU. I think they're the better team, but then you get into the the area of are they actually going to cover seven? Is TCU going right. to score a late touchdown and backdoor? TCU has been a great second half team, uh, you know, but the, the, the concerns and the reason they're the underdog in this game goes back to how they're winning these games. Uh, you know, the West Virginia game, they won by 10, but they scored a late touchdown with like 35 or 40 seconds left that, uh, that gave them the cover in that game. And really that was, a, that was a tight game with a bad West Virginia team on the road. They were down 28 to 10 against Kansas State in the second quarter. Kansas State was missing their starting quarterback, and even their backup got hurt for a while in that game. They had to win uh, in overtime against Oklahoma State, and that overtime win at the time looked pretty good. But Oklahoma State's looked really bad the last few weeks. And the Kansas game earlier this year, uh, that wasn't a walk in the park either. They were losing that game for quite a bit. Uh, they, they struggled to move the ball in the first half. They got moving in the second half, but that game really swung on an interception uh, late in the game, and TCU won that game by a touchdown. So it's just they're winning these games in an unimpressive fashion versus Texas, who has been impressive at times. They have the game against Alabama where I know they lost, but you know they only lost by a point to an Alabama team that at the time was you know supposed to be the best team in the country. Uh, and they have blown a couple teams out. They, they blew out West Virginia, who I just mentioned gave uh, TCU a really tight game. They absolutely embarrassed Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. And uh, last week they beat a, a pretty game Texas uh, Kansas State team. So, you know, they, they look like the better team on paper, but that's why they play the game because TCU has got to feel disrespected as a seven-point underdog in this game. 
right, what about Ohio State and Indiana? We're trying to figure out the, this Buckeyes team. I, I told people last week based on, uh, you know, recent games with Northwestern, and then you factor in the weather, which was obviously abysmal uh, to take the points with Northwestern in that one. So, uh, you know, I, I was accurate on that, and I felt confident that the Buckeyes would win, but they wouldn't cover. This week, though, uh, coming off a terrible game like that, uh, Chris, this is a home game. Weather's supposed to be okay. Indiana stinks. Uh, is this a game where the Buckeyes get healthy, get whole, and, and uh, cover the 41 or 41-and-a-half or whatever the spread is? What, where, where are you guys on this one? So normally we're a little leery about laying big points at home because in the second half you can play a lot of walk-ons and really lay off a team. Uh, it, I don't think that is the kind of spot you're in, though, because I think this Indiana team is – it's pretty bad. And 40, 40 points, 41 points is a lot of points to be laying. For me, the the side is just too many points. If I did bet it, I would take Ohio State because I think they can get distance on a bad Indiana team. They've already beat Iowa by 44, Michigan State by 39 on the road, Rutgers by 39, who I think is comparable. So they're right around that, that mark. But for me, the play is the over because when – when you think about what happened last week with the wind and everything, it, it slowed down Ohio State's offense, obviously. They were trying to throw the ball probably a little bit too much in that weather. But I, th- I think that Ryan Day really wants to get C.J. Stroud some numbers here, let him pad his stats a little bit, probably going to leave him in a little longer than you normally would with their two big games coming up at Maryland and at home against Michigan. Let him get some confidence. And you know, I, th- I think they do want him to win that Heisman Trophy. That's a great thing for the program. It's something you can you you can sell to recruits that we just had a Heisman Trophy winner. So I, I I do think that you know as a program that's something you strive for to have a Heisman Trophy winner. And if there's ever a game that you're going to pad your stats in, it's this game and probably next week against Maryland because they traditionally have put up a ton of points against Maryland. So I, I think that Ohio State could get into the 50s themselves in this game. The total is. Uh, uh, only 58 and a half. I oh, can see wow. Ohio State scoring 56 themselves, <laughs> which, you know, it, it, they, they put up 54 against Iowa. Granted, they only had 360 yards, but they've also put up 49 against Rutgers and Michigan State, who both have much better defenses than Indiana. I think this game easily gets – Ohio State gets into the 50s. Indiana will probably score a touchdown or two, maybe in garbage time. So, you know, you're not asking for Indiana to do much. If you can get a touchdown, I think I think it goes over because at the very least 52-7 to seven would put you over the total. I'll take the over in this game. I don't see any way Ohio State doesn't get into the 50s. Yeah, just real quick looking at the weather forecast. Uh, chance of rain, 30%. Maybe some snow, though, on Saturday, too. High around 40. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, if you, you get a good line, you want to bet it early. If you're not sure, you want to wait and see what the weather uh, is. By the way, Chris, I've got it 52-10 Ohio State, so I got them covering and going over. So that that's the way I'm seeing this one. I think the Buckeyes bounce back in a big way. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if you can, if you play player props, uh, you might want to look into, I don't know what it is right now, but you might want to look into C.J. Stroud over touchdown passes because I'll, I'll bet you it's probably going to be four or five. Um, I, I think he would go over that. I think he's going to have a huge game against, the Pens, uh, against an Indiana secondary that is 
Right for the pickings. Uh, you know, the, the weather, if it's just a little bit, because we're not going to get bad snow if we do get snow. The right. wind would concern me. That's what really affected that game last week. A little bit of light rain or light snow really doesn't bother me, especially at 30%. But you look at uh, uh, Indiana's pass defense, they've given up over 300 passing yards four times. And uh, it's just not a very good defense. I'm going to look up uh, how many pass touchdowns they've given up on a season. I'm sure it's probably a decent amount. Uh, they, yeah, they've given up 21 pass touchdowns on the season. And, okay. you know, a lot of those games were against teams that don't have a quarterback like C.J. Stroud. So I can see C.J. Stroud throwing for six or seven touchdowns in this game possibly. Chris, wow. we're talking prop bets anyway. I'm taking a look right now at the college football playoffs. Is this the first year we're going to see a two-loss team sneak into the Final Four? Because if you look at it, Ohio State, Michigan, somebody's got to win. Somebody's going to have to move out of that Final Four. Is this the first year we see somebody with possibly two loss, like an LSU or Bama? I don't think so, because I think Georgia will beat LSU in the SEC championship game. And if that happens, uh, it's actually set up very nicely for Tennessee to say we beat Bama, we beat LSU, we only have one loss, and uh, beat LSU on the road by by 27, uh, or I'm sorry, 23. So that that would be a real big feather in Tennessee's cap. That uh, if there was a fourth spot open for you know a non a non conference championship winner, I think Tennessee would get that spot. And I don't see them losing another game this year. They play South Carolina. Missouri and uh, Vanderbilt, so they're they're most likely going to finish eleven to one, and I think at the very least Tennessee ends up in that four spot, unless LSU were to beat Georgia, and then the committee has a disaster on their hands because mm. they have to figure out what to do about that that lopsided Tennessee win at LSU because you'd have Tennessee with one less loss, but Georgia beating Tennessee and then Tennessee beating LSU, but LSU would be the SEC championship. Uh, the right. SEC champion. So I, that would be a confusing situation, but I don't see them not taking the SEC champion. So the only way I see that happening is if LSU gets in with two losses. All right, let's go to the NFL and get your thoughts up. Miami hosting the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have had two weeks to prepare. Denzel Ward's back. Wyatt Teller may be back on the offensive line. Uh, you've got uh, a very good Miami team. What are they, 6-3? and three? Browns are 3-5 and five with Jacoby Brissett for a few more games. Just some uh, some thoughts on this matchup for the Browns as they're getting four the last time I checked. Sure. Uh, yeah, Miami laying four points right now. And, you know, I will say that Miami's wins have not been super impressive. They beat Pittsburgh by six, Detroit by four, and Chicago by three. The Bears do seem like they're coming on. Justin Fields starting to play a little better. Uh, you have a really explosive offense in Miami with Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, uh, probably you know one of the top wide receiver duos in the league. They're putting up 380 yards, 24 points a game, and uh, average, actually averaging 36 yards a game more than their opponents allow on average. Uh, one concern for the Dolphins is their pass defense. They gave up over 300 yards on four occasions, including 311 pass yards and 27 points to Detroit a couple weeks ago. Uh, Cleveland, uh, you know, the, the offense got going last week against Cincinnati, 32 points, 440 yards. Brissett looked great. He threw for two, 268. I'm sorry, I was two weeks ago on that Monday night. You know, you're fresh off the bye. Offense seems to be playing pretty well lately. Uh, you're averaging 300, 386 yards a game, 25 points a game. 
Defense has been a little bit of an issue. They have given up over 300 pass yards against New England and the Jets, who, uh, frankly, neither team really has a great passing offense. And uh, th- that's kind of a concern when you look at who they were playing in those games versus what they're playing now. Um, the, the I- I'll tell you right now, we do like the over. Uh, it-, it seems like the, the Dolphins are going to throw against anybody, and they-, they can give up a lot of points. We saw that against Detroit. And I, th- I think that Cleveland will move the ball some. We also like Miami in this game laying the four. Uh, Bridgewater just seemed, I mean, I'm sorry, Tua just seems like he's really got a connection with these wide receivers, and Cleveland has struggled in their past. The, uh, you know, so side, we like Miami minus four, total over 49 and a half right now is uh, the number, and we like that to go over the total. Or remember, we've got NFL football tonight as the Falcons travel to the Panthers, and you've got bye weeks for the Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, and Jets. But my question right now, Chris Van Dyne, from ncsports.com is this. Are the Eagles really the best team in the NFC? As of right now, it seems like it. You know, mm. it, it, It's kind of a weird year because you have uh, the NFC South is just down. I, I don't know other way to, any other way to put it. You have an entire division that's really just been weakened. And then you have the, uh, the North with you know Green Bay. And Chicago and Detroit really lagging behind Minnesota. Minnesota does look like a good team, and obviously they are seven and one. But they're not really winning these game games convincingly. They caught Miami in the right week because they didn't have Tua, uh, and, and they were outgained in that game by 224 yards, but yet managed to win the game. Uh, so, so I, I'm not really impressed by who Minnesota's beat. I am impressed by what Philadelphia has done, and it's really hard to deny at this point. Uh, Jalen Hurts has looked very impressive. Granted, the last couple games they haven't played great competition, but they did beat Dallas and Arizona earlier this year, as well as a win against Minnesota on their home field uh, in the second week of the season. So Philadelphia does look legit. And you, you also look at their uh, against the spread record, which is five and three. You know, they're covering a lot of games that, uh, that they're playing to the expectation that you like. So, yeah, I, I think right now Philadelphia does look like the best team. They've got a nice quarterback. They've got a, they've got the running back. They've got the defense holding opponents to 299 yards a game. So, yeah, yeah I, I think Philadelphia is the best team in the NFC right now. For people out there, Chris, that want more information from you at ncsports.com, tell them how they can get it. Sure, go to ncsports.com. You can also call 1-800-654-3448. We do have our NFL game of the month going this week. We had a nice winner. If you, if you, if you ever get a chance to play the FCS, we, we put out some great small college plays. We had our small college five-star game of the month last week, which was Idaho, and that, that, that cleared easily. A lot of those FCS games we, we've been nailing this year. We're 17-4 and four in those. So um, but jump on board at NFL game of the month, ncsports.com, 1-800-654-3448, and you can follow me at chrisv160. Hey, like I like to say, Chris, uh, C's get degrees as well, and FCS games pay just as well as Power 5 conference games, don't they? Hey, absolutely, and I'll tell you what, you get a lot of value in them when, when you have someone that actually takes the time to do the research because most people aren't paying attention to it, and the, the people making the lines, frankly, don't spend a lot of time on it. There you go. So uh, go give Chris a, a follow on Twitter. Go call that number. Get more information. And, of course, we'll have him each and every week with us here on Thursday. Chris, great stuff as always, my friend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. 
Always appreciate you guys. Have a great week.